They got me to singing Brother Collins. I'll blame, blame it on him. Got me singing so loud I threw my voice out. So I'll be patient with the praise of the Lord. I, just, I love the Lord, and the louder y'all sing, the louder it makes me want to sing. And then I love Jesus Christ, man. I can't get enough of Jesus Christ. I love hearing y'all praise him and sing loud. And you know those windows are probably rocking. And uh, praise the Lord for that. Daniel chapter 11, verse 20. Daniel chapter 11, verse 24, we're going to start. Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom. But within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And in his estate shall stand up a vile, vile person, to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come and peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as I come to you this morning, Father, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives in us, Lord, and I thank you for these people, Lord, that are singing loud, Lord God, they, they sing like they know you, Lord, and they love you, Father, and that's a blessing to me, Lord, and Father, I pray, Lord, that there's somebody that's underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, that when we give the invitation, they'll come on down here and get saved, and Lord, I pray, Father, there's any Christian out there, Lord God, that maybe it's backslidden a little bit, Lord, maybe a... Hadn't been, uh, hadn't been living the life that you know that they would want them to live, Lord God. I pray, Father, you speak to the heart of truth, Lord God. Give them the power through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to break that sin, Lord God, and get back with you, Lord. And I know, Father, that when I've been my happiest, Lord, is when I've been closest to you. And I thank you for your grace and mercy in my life, Lord God. And I pray, Father, a blessing, Lord, on this, these words we're about to study, Lord God. And I pray, Father, that it'll be pleasing to you. And I pray, Father, that uh, you'll hide me behind the cross, Lord God. And, Lord, I pray, Father, I wouldn't say anything that'd be displeasing to you, Father, that it'd be your Holy Spirit that'll be leading me and guiding me, Lord. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray, amen. amen. So this, in Daniel chapter 11, is kind of a, it's a tough chapter to study because it's got, it's all prophecy. Now, you've got to understand this about Daniel chapter 11. It's all prophecy when Daniel wrote this. When Daniel wrote this down, it's all future, it's all future. But what you have going on from about verses 20 all the way down to verse 29 or actually 31, 32, you've got, a, it's a prophecy on a guy that came in called Antiochus Epiphanes. Now Antiochus Epiphanes, he was a wicked ruler, he came in, he controlled Jerusalem, he's gonna, he, was, he's, he ended up slaughtering, of course a pig is the worst thing a Jew could have. He's supposed to avoid a, a pig like the plague. And he took a pig and he, he sacrificed a pig on the altar there in Jerusalem in the temple. So that's how wicked this king could be. And, but what you have going on here is this is a prophecy. And most scholars will say this is a prophecy on Ant Antiochus Epiphanes. But what you have going on here is actually a double application to the Antichrist to come. And we get down to verses 36 through 45. That's obviously the Antichrist. You can't get around that. And most scholars don't. They agree that that's got to be that Antichrist to come. But here we're looking at verses 20 and 21, and this is a double application of what you can look forward to. When this Antichrist starts rising in power, power you're going to see him doing some of this stuff that you're finding here that Antiochus was doing. Verse 20, Then shall stand up in his estate a raiser of taxes. <laughs> What's amazing to me is this thing was written 2,500 years ago. And what are we dealing with today? Taxes. You don't, don't ever forget that when Jesus Christ came into the world, His first advent, His first coming, in Luke chapter 2 it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Taxed. That's what your King James Bible says, taxed. So when Christ came into the world, the whole world was taxed. 
What do you got going on today? Well, as Christ is about to come in for his second coming, you're seeing the whole world getting set up to be taxed. Just a week ago, the Biden administration had, uh, had come out and had uh, proposed raising a tax on foreign profits to 21% as a demonstration of America's commitment to higher corporate taxes. But after negotiations, they proposed a 15% rate. Now listen to this. In line with the global agreement. So these nations are coming together under the United Nations and they're starting to agree on how they're going to tax each other, how they're going to have this worldwide tax. This is exactly what's prophesied to come at the end times. The Antichrist, when he rises up, he's going to tax the whole world. He's going to be a raiser of taxes. He's going to be a raiser of taxes. And just in case, because I know it seems like I've been kicking Biden a lot lately. And, you know, kicking Biden is like picking on a mentally challenged kid or something, isn't it? I mean, it's really not fair. Just in case you think I'm picking on him, Trump did the same thing. The United States already had a version of his own global minimum, minimum tax, a global tax created as part of the 2017 GOP Tax Act. That's under Trump. Under Trump, guys. So I, I'm kicking him as much as I'm, I'm telling you, the Antichrist, the devil, is getting this world system set up so he can put in his, his king, his Christ, which we know the Bible calls the Antichrist. He's going to be a raiser of taxes. Look at verse 21. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person. Don't Keep that in mind. He's calling him a vile person. We're going to come back to this. To whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably. And obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Should obtain the kingdom by flatteries. So we know from studying last, the last time I preached the last sermon there in Daniel chapter 9 that the Antichrist is going to show up. He's going to bring in a peace agreement. He's going to come in very peaceably. He's going to be a great speaker. He's going to come in with what? Obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And the Bible warned us as Christians not to be, let the preachers uh, preach to us with itching ears. We'll have these itching ears. And these, they come in with these, uh, with these fair speeches. And you have preachers doing that today. They can't, they're, they're afraid to stand behind the pulpit and just tell the truth and the whole truth. Because it hurts so many people. And guys, this stuff hurts me as much as it hurts you. Some, I had some people come up to me and say, Pastor, you stepped on my toes a lot today. I'm like, man, you should have been in, the, in my office when I was study, studying all this. I had to get down and repent twice, you know. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, hey, the Lord hits me just like He hits you. We're all in this together, amen? But the point is, is that Word of God, it straightens out what man thinks. That's why I love the Word of God. Because it's different than any other book you're going to pick up. And it says He's going to come in with, obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Now skip down to verse 30. Let's skip down to verse 30. Skip down to verse 30. Here's some more prophecy. For the ships of Chittim shall come against him, come against this... Uh, it actually was Antiochus, but we're going to do, it's a double application of the Antichrist. So come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the Holy Covenant. He's going to be against the Holy Covenant. What is the Holy Covenant? Well, the Holy Covenant is that agreement that God made with Israel over that piece of land. See, what people don't understand about this Bible, this Bible is really a book about a land deed. Starting in Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abraham out. He doesn't just call Abraham out and says, Hey, Abraham, come here because I'm going to love you and hug you and call you Abraham. That's not what God said. God says, Come here. Why are you calling me out, God? Because I'm going to put you on a piece of land. And this land belongs to you. 
and I'm going to give it to your kids and your kids after that. Well, then Abraham jumped ahead, and he got his, his uh, handmaid Hagar, and he says, well, I'm not having a child. Sarah's not having a child, so I guess I'll go into my handmaid. And the, uh, Hagar had Ishmael. So Ishmael was created, and God shows up, and God says, you're going to have a child. We're going to give it to him. His name's going to be Isaac. But you're not going, Ishmael does not get the land agreement. Ishmael does not get the land. God tells him straight out, I'm going to bless Ishmael. He's going to be the father of many nations, but he doesn't get that land. It, that land agreement goes to Isaac, and then from Isaac to Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So Muhammad claims he was the 72nd descendant of Ishmael. So that's why you'll have a Muslim, just like a Jew says, a Jew will say, my father is Abraham. And a Muslim will say, well, my father's Abraham. They're going through two different sons. Here's the thing is, the Bible tells you specifically in Genesis chapter 17, that land doesn't go to Ishmael, it goes to Isaac. So this holy covenant has a lot to do with the Muslims over there in the nation today. Has to do with the Jews fighting for the land. Has to do with all of that, guys. That's exactly what's going on today. God, this Bible here, guys, I, I know, I, I, th I got to thinking, Lord... Why am I bringing this? What point is there to this sermon other than just finding out more about the Antichrist? What point? If there's any point you need to get this morning, if you get anything to understand, this book is amazing. It's, it, these are prophecies. Listen, if they were to dig up some uh, old, Viking old Viking casket, they, they dig up a Viking casket or find a Viking ship and they have a book on there and they get out this book and they read this book and this book eerily this book, this Viking book, eerily sounds like a lot what's going on today. Don't you know that every news organization would have all kinds of documentaries about that? Yes. Discovery Channel, A&E, they'd always talk about the book of the Vikings, the book of the... Oh, it sounds just like the times we're living in. That's this book right here. The difference is that Daniel would have beat the Vikings by about a thousand years. But they want to ignore this stuff. It's too close to home. See, look at the middle of verse 30. Let me hit home. This is what we're talking about. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with him, them. Intelligence with them. That forsake the holy covenant. Intelligence. That reads like something right out of a spy novel. That word means exactly what that word means. Intelligence. Now what does that sound like today living in 2021? Central, Central Intelligence Agency. Has the CIA been in the news lately? <laughs> yeah, a lot more than we want them to be. And that's exactly what's prophesied. There's stuff like that going on. They just found uh, some Chinese, some Chinese, or some guy trying to steal uh, American uh, secrets to give to the Chinese. They just found this guy like a couple of days ago, just arresting him for trying to do that. He was an intelligence agent. That's exactly what's going on. This reads like a spy novel, guys. That's what's going on. It's all behind the scenes. Verse 31, And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary's strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice. Let's stop there. Let me, let me point out again, over and over again, when you study the Antichrist, there must be a temple rebuilt, the third temple. There has to be. 
Because all these prophecies that, that's prophesied here in Daniel, prophesied in Revelation, prophesied by, by Paul about the Antichrist, that wicked person, that wicked man of sin, they all point to him doing something in the temple. And here it is again in 1131, Daniel 1131, that he shall take away the daily sacrifice. They've got to get that going again. And now we know that they have, or they're ready to do that. The Jews have it already. They've gathered up all the equipment. They've gathered up the, the, the little spoons, the bowls. They've got them all ready. They found, they've been looking for the red heifer over in San Angelo. They've got it all ready. What, what are they waiting on? For God and the Antichrist to show up? God's timing is perfect, and you're seeing all this. This is why so many preachers get up in the pulpit and say, Jesus Christ is coming. Jesus Christ is coming. He's coming soon. Why do preachers do that? Because they're reading their Bible. And they're like, that's today, that's today, that's today, and we're, we're looking for it. And they shall place, they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. That's right out of Revelation 13. Christ warned about that. That's that image when the Antichrist puts that image of himself in, the, in that temple and worship me, I'm God. That's the abomination that maketh desolate, makes the temple desolate. So verse 32, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. There is flattering. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. And that's exactly what happened to the Jew. In 70 A.D., that's when Titus came in. 72 A.D., Titus came in. The Roman, the, Roman, uh, the Roman general came in. He destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed the temple. He destroyed it all. And then the Jew was spread, Jew was spread out to all the known world for about... 1,948 years. And then and right after, the greatest holocaust the world's known through the Jew, concentration camps, after Hitler tried to kill them out, wipe them out, genocide them, they came back and they all went back in 1948 and they became a nation. So when you see 1948 take place where Israel starts coming back, the Jews starts coming back to Israel, they start coming back to their homeland like I have on that map up there. They start coming back to their homeland. That's a key to tell you that God's about to get going again with, with the Jew. Daniel's 70th week is about to take place. That's the key, and that's what that, that's talking about right there. Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. All the flatteries. You've got to be careful, guys, for somebody flattering you. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. All this is end times. Now, verse 36, we're going to switch gears. Now, verse 36 is very few scholars that would argue with you that this isn't the Antichrist. This is obviously the Antichrist. This is obviously a king that's never been, this has never took place in history. There's never been a king that you can point to or ruler over Jerusalem or around Jerusalem that's ever been associated with these things we're about to read here. And this is obviously the Antichrist. Get ready because this stuff is good. This stuff is really good. And it really is going to hit home. And I'm probably going to get myself in trouble, but that's what I'm good at, right? Verse 36, and the king shall do according to his will. So the Antichrist is doing it according to his will. What did Jesus Christ say? Not my will, but thy will be done. So one of the spirits of the Antichrist, because the Bible speaks about that, and I, I preached on that, that there's a spirit of Antichrist. One of the, the one way you can know if the spirit of Antichrist is moving on you and moving through you or around you is when somebody is doing their own will. They're going against God's will and they're doing their own will. Because there's a way 
that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. There's a will. You got a will. See, salvation comes down to will. Will you receive Jesus Christ or will you not? In the end, it's all about will, amen. It's all about what are you willing to do or willing not to do. But Christ said, not my will, but thine will be done. The Antichrist is the total opposite. He says, not, what, not, not your will, God, but my will be done. That's, the total, that's why we call him the Antichrist. Verse 36, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and speak marvelous things. Thessalonians 2, 2, 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 says, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, that he, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's one of the main traits of the Antichrist, is when he shows up, and after everything's said and done, he, and I believe it's after he's assassinated, after he's uh, uh, either resurrected or appears to be resurrected, he, that, that, after that three and a half years, he stands up and he says, I'm God, worship me. If you don't worship me, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm going to cut your head off. I remember studying that when I in the book of Revelations in the mid-90s. I remember studying that, and I remember what it said that the Antichrist is going to be beheading people. I'm like, beheading people? And in my mind, it was a guillotine. You know, like you'd have a guillotine. they go and they put you down on a guillotine. And sh like in the 1700s, like Henry, what was it, Henry IV was doing all to his wives, you know, cutting all their heads off. But now that I'm living in 2021, who, who beheads people? Y'all know who that is? That peaceful religion. The religion of peace, they call it Islam. They're the ones that cut in everything. Do you all know that, right? You see, what, I, what I'm trying to show you is that this Bible is running ahead of us. All right. And she'll speak marvelous things. I pointed this out many times, and I'll point it out again, that uh, Hitler killed six million Jews and he never fired a gun. The only gun he's recorded to have fired was at his own head when he committed suicide. Words are powerful. Words have meaning. And when the Antichrist comes in, he's going to do it through words. Revelation chapter 6 has him show up and rise up as one of the horsemen, but he has a bow without arrows. That speaks to a political power. That speaks to a man that's speaking and talking and being able to speak. And he's speaking marvelous things, marvelous things. Against who? Against the God of gods. Against my God and your God, but not the world's God. America... And all the rest of the nations, they've gotten rid of God a long time ago. And for you to think that this, this country still believes in God, you're fooling yourself. Even the people, you hear people like this, God this and God that and God this and God that. And you start wondering, which God? The God of this world? Which God? Which God? Most of the people I run into in America, they even mention God. They got a straw man God created. What do you mean by that, Pastor? They got this God created that does everything they want Him to do. I want to live my lifestyle, so my God, He, 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 he condones my lifestyle. I want to act a certain way, and my God, He, he accepts me acting a certain way. I want, my God would never judge me for doing what I'm doing. <laughs> That's not the God of the Bible. That's not the God of the Bible. And I, you know what? I, to be honest with you, there's some things that God gets mad at me about that I wish He wouldn't. I wish my, body, my God would let me get away with it, but I know everything my God does is for my own good and for everybody else's own good. And it's proven out by science. Science can prove everything God, everything God tells us to do as being right. Psychology, all of that is proven right by the Word of God. And we're about to see some of this. 
For that that is determined, it says, against the God of gods and shall prosper. He's going to prosper, guys. He's going to be very prosperous till the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. Whenever one of those horsemen rises up, one of the things that God tells the horseman, it says, don't hurt the oil and don't hurt the wine. Those are two associated with rich people. And because OIL represents that, you know, it's that black oil coming out of the ground. Don't hurt the oil and the wine. He's going to be very prosperous. The Antichrist is going to be very prosperous. Well, of course he is. He's taxing the whole world. That money that the U.S. government is spending right now, they're claiming to give to the, they're thinking about giving what, half a million dollars to illegal aliens. You know whose money that is? That's yours. You know when you get your check and you look on there and you see the U.S. government took all that money out of there? One of the first, one of the funniest things ever happened. My son first started working. He came home with his first check. I think he worked at Waterburger. It might have been Taco Casa. He came home. And he saw the check. He says, "Look at this, Dad. Look at this. Look how much money they took out." Uh, yeah, that's the U.S. government. That's the U.S. government. So when they're giving money away, that's your money. Biden passed a 1.7 trillion dollar, whatever it was. He says it's free. <laughs> it didn't cost nothing. You moron! It cost me everything. Every week, every couple of weeks, I see it in my check. I don't know about you guys. Hey, you can fool the suckers, but you can't fool the people that were raised with some common sense. Uh, verse 37 is going to get me in trouble. I knew it was coming. And I thought about skipping over this. Because it's so controversial. It's not controversial to us but to the world. And I know I'm up on Facebook. It's a good way to get kicked off Facebook, but it's the truth. And here we go. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. He shall regard the God of his fathers. The God of his fathers, that implies that the Antichrist will be a Jew. Now we've seen in Daniel chapter 8 that he's going to come from Syria, the area of Syria, in that area, which would include Iran and Iraq. So that's why you hear pre preachers say that the Antichrist is going to be a Syrian Jew. He's probably going to be at least half a Jew. He might not be a full Jew, but he's at least going to be half a Jew. Turn to Isaiah 14. If you're following with me this morning, turn back to Isaiah 14. Now, if y'all know the Bible, Isaiah 14 is, uh, is the, the story of the fall of Lucifer, the fall of Satan, and what he said, and uh, the first recorded words of Satan as he, was, as he fell, I will be like the Most High God. Verse 13, verse 14, that's the words of Satan in Isaiah 14. Now look at verse 20. So we know the Antichrist will have a Jewish heritage. Either through his mom or through his dad or through both. But notice here about the devil, and it's talking about when he, he's talking about the devil through these verses. Verses 11 through, and he's talking about how the devil falls, and he falls down, and he's brought down into hell, and he's ruling over the kingdoms. How would he be ruling over the kingdoms? Would he be doing that? Through the Antichrist. And then verse 19, it says, But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable branch, and as a raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with the sword, that go down to the stones of the pit, as a carcass trodden underfoot, I mean under feet, Verse 20, thou shalt not be joined with them in burial. Now here it is. Because thou hast destroyed thy land and slain thy people, the seed of evildoers shall never be renowned. So it implies there that the, whoever that's being destroyed, that it was the land of Israel and it was the Jewish people, thy people and thy land. 
So going back to Daniel chapter 11. So that there shows you that the Antichrist is either going to be half a Jew or it's going to be associated with the Jewish heritage. And that right there uh, hit home. Neither shall he regard the God of his father. So the Antichrist will be uh, Jewish. Now that helps explain why there's so many people that have an attitude about the Jew. And they're out to get the Jew. And they say the Illuminati is run by Jewish bankers. And it might be true. God has blessed the Jew. There's more per capita uh, geniuses in the Jewish race than any other race. And you look at the, the greatest movie directors, the greatest uh, song, songwriters, the greatest comedians. All these people are all Jews. If you like it or not, that's just the truth. All the rich people are Jews. <laughs> God's just blessed them. And that's why so many people are against the Jew. Don't be that way. That's God's people. And He's still not done with them. And they're the apple of his eye. And it don't matter how you say, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. Just let it go. God will deal with it. But that's God's chosen people. Now, now verse 37. Let's see if I can get some, let's see if I can get some trouble. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women. All right. Okay. Well, the Antichrist, it appears, is going to be a homosexual. Nor the desire. There's two ways to look at that, brothers and sisters. There's, two, there's only two ways to look at this. Either you can read that as he doesn't, he does, nor the desire of women that he would be, uh, he'd be like an anti-women rights. He would be like a lot of Muslim nations today where the women are treated so badly they can't vote, they can't drive, they can't show their face out in public. You could apply that that way. Now, a lot of scholars, when you read this back in... Uh, like in the 1800s, you get some of those commentaries from there. They're going to tell you that, they're going to say stuff like, well, it appears that he's homosexual, but there's no way that the whole world would accept a homosexual as the leader. There's no way. <laughs> well, you hadn't been in 2021, have you? So what I'm preaching this morning is, I'm telling you, the Antichrist is going to be a LBGQT. And we see that running rampant right now. Because I believe it's going to be the nor the desire of women. I believe that he's going to be a homosexual. He's going to be a practicing homosexual. And he will be out. And he will be proudful. We forget back in Luke chapter 17. Turn to Luke chapter 17. If you follow along with me in the Bible, look, turn to Luke 17. I'll show you this. We forget what Christ said about this time. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Verse 28. We forget about what Christ said about this time in the end times. Luke chapter 17, verse 28. And then we'll break this down some more. Luke chapter 17, verse 28. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they built. What was happening in the days of Lot? That's where we get the word sodomy from. Homosexuality is what the world calls it nowadays, or LBGQT, whatever, Z, X, Y, Z, whatever. You can't keep up with all of it. You can't keep up with all of it. They don't want to be labeled anymore. Now they're making it to where if you're born today, they don't, they want, you to, they don't want you to say male or female. They want to say male or female or it, or non, non, I'm not picking it yet, or whatever. Some of the crazy is nonsense you ever dreamed up is what's going on in the world today. And most of it is this LBGQT movement. And Christ says, likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot. 
What was Lot? Well, those two angels came in. Evidently, they're pretty good looking. Those two angels came in. And the men of the city, they came up to Lot's house and said, We want to know those men. Bring them out. Bring them out right now. We want to know them. He says, As it was in the days of Lot, verse 29, But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, there it is. It rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Lot was surrounded by the LBGQT community. He was surrounded by it. What happened? God found Lot to be righteous in his eyes. And Lot was carried out. And the angel said, I can do nothing until I bring you out. I can do nothing until I bring you out. So as soon as they could bring Lot out, they brought Lot out. Lot is a type of the church. We're surrounded by the LBGQT community. They're living that vile lifestyle, that nasty lifestyle. They're living it and they're flaunting in front of us. And God's not going to do nothing to them until he brings out his righteousness. Then he's going to bring fire and brimstone down on them. That's what Christ just said. Wasn't until Lot left, then left Sodom, and then God rained down fire and brimstone. That's like us being raptured out. You're seeing it happening. It's getting worse, guys. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And then one day, the Lord's going to rapture us out of here with a shout, with a trumpet, and we'll be out of here. And then that's when God will pour all his wrath out. Abraham said, it's not like you, the judge of all the earth, to judge the righteous with the wicked. He's not going to pour his wrath out on us. Why? Because we're righteous in Jesus Christ. He's going to pull us out first, then he rains it. He put Noah in the ark, he shut the ark, and then he brought down the rain and destroyed the people. You see the tops there? That's all the top. That's how God works. He has his people, he finds righteous, he pulls them out, and then he pours down. But you notice that, he, that Christ decided to use Lot and all the sodomy that was surrounded by it. Back in, 11, in Daniel chapter 11, here's something interesting about uh, verse 37. It says, nor the desire of women. And the reason why I brought this out in verse 21, it said about the Antichrist, it said, In his state shall stand up a vile person. What's interesting about that word vile is associated with homosexual acts in the Bible. Verse 21 says he'll be a vile person. See, in Judges chapter 19, do y'all read y'all's Bible? Because this is kind of stuff I can't preach from the pulpit. Does anybody still read their Bible in here? Amen? Okay. Do y'all remember Judges chapter 19? Do y'all remember that story? The guy, his concubine, she ran off from him, so he had to go get her. He, he found her. She was, the Bible says she was whoring around, so he went and found his wife. He brought her back. He went to this man's house, and the man kept saying, stay with me, stay with me. And while he was staying with that guy, all these homosexuals showed up and said, bring, at, bring him out, bring him out. We want to know him. Kind of like what happened with Lot. Y'all remember this? I'm kind of preaching it, and I don't really mean to. Because it's very, I mean, it's, verse 24, 19. Verse 22, look at Judges chapter 19, verse 22. Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, that'd be sons of the devil, beset the house round about, and beat at the door, and spake to the master of the house, and the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came unto thine house, that we may know him. And the man, the master of the house, went out unto them and said unto them, Nay, my brethren, nay, I pray you, do not so wickedly, seeing that this man is come into mine house, do not this folly. Behold, here is my daughter, a maiden, and his concubine. Them I will bring out now, and humble you them, and do with them what seemeth good unto you. But look, but unto this man do not so 
V-I-L-E, a thing, a vile thing. So the Antichrist is going to be a vile person. So he doesn't desire, the, desire women. Look at Romans chapter 1. I'm trying to prove my point. Because I've had some brothers and sisters argue with me about this. I'm trying to prove my point. And I think as the world gets wicked and more wicked, you, it's kind of harder to prove, harder to argue against this because you're seeing where the world's going and it's going straight towards this. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 26. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. And I hate to bust some people's bubble, but the Bible definitely talks bad against homosexuality. It's definitely a sin. It's a sin. But, I mean, just like envy and jealousy and uh, uh, murder and lying, it's, it's a sin. You can be cleansed, you can be washed, you can be put in under the blood of Jesus Christ, you can be saved. But don't come up to me and tell me that homosexuality is not a sin. Because my Bible says it is a sin. Over and over and over again. In the Old Testament... All the way through and in the New Testament, Romans chapter 1, verse 26. I had a dear friend of mine come to me and says, I don't think the Bible says anything bad about homosexuality. I said, really? So I went home, I found all the verses, gave it to him, and he went home and read it. He came back to me, and he was an older man than me, and he came to me and he goes, you know what? The Bible does speak against it. What does that tell you? You're going to have to make a choice. Believe the Bible or believe what, you, what your heart's telling you. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's what the Bible says. Don't trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. Have you not had, did you not grow up, maybe I was stupid or something, but I had like, when I was growing up in, in grade school, I had a heart to think, that's, that guy's, he's my friend. In my heart, I believed with all my heart that that was my friend. And then he turned his back on me and stabbed me in the back. But I would have believed with all my heart, I believed with all my heart that little Susie loved me. And we were going to grow up together. And little Susie, she loves me. And then the next day I seen little Susie with John. I'm like, well, I guess she don't love me no more. <laughs> don't trust your heart. It'll deceive you. This book will not deceive you. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this cause, this is Paul writing. For this cause, God gave them up until vile affections. Yeah, there it is again. That vile, see that? What kind of affections? For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Lesbians, modern-day lesbians. And likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Vile affections. The Bible calls it vile affections. And, uh, and in Judges, that man says, don't do this vile thing. And it says of the Antichrist, he's going to be a vile person. Then it says in uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 37, he'll ignore the desire of women. That's why I believe the Antichrist will be LBGQT. Now, when I first started teaching this back in the mid-90s, I had kickback, a lot of kickback. Now, I don't have hardly any kickback. You know why? Because we're living in the LBGQT society. We got our White House, they, they put the colors of the LBG2, all the rainbow, they, they, they put the colors up on the White House. Biden, Biden announced that every U.S. embassy could fly the pride flag. And they did. Jamaica fought against it. Jamaica wanted them to take it down. Fly it. Proud. You want to, you want to lose your job? Talk about something like that. Amen. Amen. Say it's a sin. 
I'm not trying to get you fired. I don't want to get fired. I'm just telling you that what the Bible says doesn't go what the world says. And I'm warning you that it's coming. What do you mean it's coming? This book, I, I mean, I'm just showing you, I could show you verse after verse after verse where this book speaks against homosexuality. This book is hate speech in their eyes. And these dumb, some of these dumb Christians, and I think, I, I, I say Christians with quotes around them. They're teaching and believing that God's not going to judge them for how they live, and that God condones homosexuality. And what's going to happen one of these days, these dumb idiots are going to open up this Bible and find out, hey, if I'm going to believe in God, Jehovah, he doesn't believe in that. And they're going to have to make a choice. And I know what choice they're going to make. Let's take this black book and let's throw it in the trash. And they started doing that a long time ago. They don't use the Bible anymore. But what's the next step is this. Do you have a black book? Do you have that hate literature in your house? Well, I think we're going to have to take care of that. So they're going for the vaccines now. They're mandating. They're wanting to get you. They want to get you. They're going to get you. Well, one day they're going to come up, and I think it's really soon they're going to come up and say, we're going to outlaw the Bible. It's hate literature. It's full of so much hate. Do you have a Bible? Well, then you're going to go to jail. Now, you, what decision are you going to make? Some of you guys, y'all would fight and get killed over guns. I know you guys. Y'all would, would do what it took to, to, to keep your guns. And hey, I respect you for that. But what about your Bible? Isn't this more precious than a gun? Amen. Amen, it is to me. I mean, I'm trusting my soul to what's written in this black book. I'm trusting my mom is in heaven today because of what this black book says. There's a lot of loved ones in this church that have gone on to be with the Lord, and I believe they're in heaven because of what this black book says. This black book goes against the world, and guess what? This black book goes against me. And if I don't subject myself to this black book and repent and do what this black book tells me, I'm going to wind up in hell. That's why I chose Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior because of what this black book said. So when somebody comes to me and says, hey, we're going to take that Bible away from you, I'm saying, no, you're not. I, 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 this is my book. Well, we're going to take, we're going to lose your job. You're going to go to jail. You, you got hate literature. Go ahead. You can have my gun. I'll give you my gun. I'm not going to lose my life over a gun. I can't speak for everybody in here, but to me, if the U.S. government comes, knocks on my door and says, we're going to take your guns, I say, okay, well, I'm not going to fight against you because you would kill me. I got things I want to do for Jesus Christ. Here's my gun. If the, if the, they come knock on my door and say, you got you to have the vaccine or you can't go to work. You got to have vaccine. I'm going to take the vaccine. I know that might surprise some of you guys. I will take the vaccine. But when they come and knock on my door and say, we want your Bible, I'm saying, no, you don't. You're not getting it. Well, we're going to shoot you. We're going to throw you in jail. We're going to kill you. We'll go whatever you're going to do, but I'm going to stick with this book. God called me to raise this book up, to preach this book, to glorify Jesus Christ through this book. And when they come and try to take this book, and they will, that's when you're going to find out who the real Christians are. Man, I, hey guys, this stuff's all on YouTube. Go on YouTube. They've got, they got Christians that go on YouTube, debate at universities, and you got people stand up at universities and say, I'm an LBGQ too, and I'm a Christian, and my church loves me, and I love the Lord, and I know God loves me, and He condones what I'm doing, and they just on and on, and people in the background, oh, 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 just clapping and everything, and that poor sucker of a Christian's up on the stage like, oh, what am I into, you know? And I'm a Christian, so what about it? That's what they'll tell him. And I'm a Christian, and I, I mean, I'm glad. I, can't, I couldn't do that, brother. Because I'd be at the debate, and I'd say, you're not a Christian, you're a faker. <laughs> and they'd be, oh, look at him. I'd probably cuss at him, too. That'd probably get me fired in trouble. 
I'd get so stirred up over that. Some in you should get stirred up. Does this stuff not stir you up? It's, I know the world's going to act that way, but what are Christians doing acting this way? What are Christians doing talking like this? What are Christians doing condoning this? When did Christianity become a, a religion of God loves you and that's all God is is love? That's not what the Word of God is about. The Word of God is God is love. God is love in Jesus Christ. You're forgetting the Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, that Christ, not the Antichrist. No regard to any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. He's going to think he's God. But in his, in verse 38, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces. Hmm. So we got one of the most famous movies ever made. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. He's going to be honor the God of forces. May the force be with you. This is the God of chi. This is that God he's going to, in, in Asiatics, what they do is they believe you can focus your chi, this electrical energy in you. You can focus this and you can bring it out. And you can, they use it in martial arts a lot. They can focus your chi like in the middle and boom, you can release this energy. and It's a force and you can, you can stand still and you're so forceful that people can't move you because you're focusing your chi. All this stuff, all that's associated, it's going to be associated with the Antichrist. And it's going to go against what's in you, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. We, don't have, we have the God of the Holy Spirit, Amen. not the God of the force. You see that? The Jehovah's Witnesses say the Holy Spirit is not a being. It's not one part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is nothing but a force. That's what the, that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses will tell you. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is God living in you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit. It's living in you. It's how God works, one part of the Trinity. And a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and with pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God. I believe the Antichrist is going to be somehow associated with the Muslims, with Islam. Because a strange God would be Allah. Allah simply means in Arabic, the God. And we read there that he's the God. Of forces, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for gain. Do you see that right there? That underline that in your Bible. Underline that. That's what this is all about. It's about that piece of dirt right there. You mean the whole Bible is about a piece of dirt? It's about that piece of dirt because that's where Jesus Christ is going to rule the whole world from. And Satan knows it and God knows it. And from Genesis chapter 12 when he called Abraham out, he's being ready to put his son on that piece of dirt. That's what it's all about. Kingdoms and kings and kingdoms and kings and kingdoms and kings. Say, so, oh, it's so boring. Yeah, it's boring because it's all about that piece of dirt right there. And if you come in and the Antichrist is going to come in and he wants to divide that land for gain. You know who did that? Bush did that. President Bush did that. And I was very unpopular when I said that in 2003. Bush and Condoleezza Rice, Antichrist. They wanted to give that land away to the Muslims for gain. We're going to have a peace treaty. Let's part it up. You get the Gaza Strip and you do that. God says, you don't part my land. I'm going to close in, in, in uh, Joel chapter 3. Turn there to that. That's just a couple pages to the right. If you can, uh, Joel chapter 3. God's real specific about this stuff, guys. Joel chapter 3. Verse uh, 1. And I'm closing. Joel chapter 3, verse 1. 
So one of the greatest signs of an antichrist is parting that land over there. So almost every U.S. president you've known has done that and tried to do that. There's only one I know of in the recent history that didn't do that. That's Trump. And I know I kicked Trump, but one thing, and Trump has a lot of faults. And he has a lot of them, guys. Y'all might not believe that, but Trump has a lot of faults. But there's one thing Trump did that helped America more than anything else. And it had nothing to do with the economy. had nothing to do with how he taxed or didn't tax. It had everything to do with how he treated Israel. He was a friend to Israel. And when Trump went in there, he started doing things to help Israel. And God was blessing America because of that. I'll bless them that bless thee. I'll curse them that curse thee. And he's a friend to Israel. Trump has always been a friend to Israel. He has a lot of Jewish friends. And he was helping out Israel a lot. Now, this is what happens in the battle of Armageddon. Joel chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Actually, 1 and 2. And we'll close. For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. Brings them again. That's what's happened. 1948. He's bringing them back. Verse 2. I will also gather all nations. Is that America? Yes. All nations. And we'll bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. That means Jehovah Shehath judged. The battle of Armageddon. And we'll plead with them there for my people. Who's God's people? That's the Jews. And for my heritage Israel. That answers my question right there. Now look. Whom they have scattered among the nations. And they did it. They were doing it in Hitler's day. They've been doing it today. They scattered among them. And notice at the end of verse 2. And parted. My land. Whose land? God's land. God told, God told Moses and Israel when they came through, He goes, this is my land and my eyes are always on this land. You're, you're sojourners with me. I'm letting you hang out here. But this belongs to me. That's why people get so messed up with the Bible. They're like, well, I, I open up my Bible and God's killing all these people. Yeah, because they're trespassing on His land. And he tried to run them off. They wouldn't run off, so he killed them. He takes that land very seriously. It says in that land right there, because they won't get off of it, when he comes back in Revelation, the blood, he's going he's to squash so many of them, kill somebody, so many of them. The Bible says that the blood's going to run for 200 miles to the horse's bridle. Just a river of blood. Why? Because they're on his land. And he said, they parted my land. And it says there the Antichrist will come in, he's going to divide the land for gain. That's what they're trying to do today. Every U.S. president except for Trump has been trying to do that. Bush got some of it done. That's why I've said from this pulpit multiple times that President Bush was more of an Antichrist than Obama. If you're reading your Bible, because he divided the land for gain. Don't mess with Israel. And that's what, that's what Antichrist does. He messes with Israel and he gets it in the neck. God bless y'all. I, I got some of that out. That felt good. I got some of that out. And if you voted for Biden, you're a moron. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, 
These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and until next time. Casting all your care upon him.